What's up, y'all, and welcome into the Jack Vita Show. I am your host, Jack Vita, all the way from Tampa area. I'm joining you once again, and I apologize. We taped two shows last week, and I know the Monday show, the college basketball one that we did last week, didn't sound the greatest audio-wise. I'm working out of a condo here in Tampa that I'm sharing with several family members, so the audio may not be the absolute best. I appreciate uh, you all for sticking with me through it all. I hope it, I hope it sounds good today. We taped our American League East preview. I did that one with Jonathan Jaggard. That episode will be out sometime Wednesday or Thursday later this week. Make sure you are subscribed to the Jack Vita show for that one. We've got three more divisions to cover after that, including the National League Central, the American League Central, and the National League East. Lots of great stuff. We are in full swing right now. So much going on. We're a week away from Selection Sunday. We're going to get into the nuts and bolts of all things college basketball from the past week. We're recapping everything that you may have missed, primarily from the weekend, but we do have some stories going back to the past week. Before I bring in our guest, I just want to say thank you to our sponsor, and that is, we have two sponsors for the day. One is Fanatics, so if you're looking to pick up some gear to support your team throughout March Madness, they have licensed apparel for every team that will be playing in the NCAA tournament this year. I can guarantee that. Go to jackvita.com slash fanatics. And we're also brought to you by Paramount Plus, really awesome streaming network that just launched a few days ago. At least it rebranded itself from CBS All Access to Paramount Plus. If you want to kick the tires on that and try out a free one-month trial, here's what you got to do. Go to jackvita.com slash paramount at checkout. Enter the promo code Mountain. That's Mountain. So if you use, if you go through that link and you use my promo code, you can get a free month of Paramount Plus. And then if you don't want it, you can cancel it anytime. So pretty good deal. All right, y'all, let's bring in our guest for the day. And this is a man that I'm so glad to have joining me today. And he's a great friend of mine, dating back to our days at Carthage College. We traveled to the West Coast together back in the summer of 2015. He joined me on the podcast last summer to talk a little bit of baseball. Finally got him on for college basketball, though. One of his all-time favorite things in the world. He loves March Madness. And uh, he he pretty much just hit me up and said, hey, I want to be on one of these college basketball podcasts. Put me on. So uh, we made it happen. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome James Ivkovich. James, welcome to the show. Mr. Vita, Jackie Chan. Happy to be back <laughs> and super excited to be talking about what I think is the best time of year, especially with March Madness right around the corner here. Very jealous of you being down there in Tampa right now as well. <laughs> we got a uh, summer-like feel here at 50 degrees right now, but Ooh. not too bad for March weather here in Chicagoland. Hey, that's pretty good. I mean, I had a really fun last couple days just camping out on the couch, and I have a little balcony here. I got some uh, glass, so the sun's peeking in. You got a little view of the ocean, and then I can open up those doors, get some sun and a cool breeze as I camp out on the couch and do nothing but watch basketball and take notes on it. 
can't beat it. I, I don't <laughs> think there's anything better than that, especially, you know, usually the perfect time to be taking a trip down there to Florida too, with the weather pretty much peaking, I think at, at the right time, uh, yeah, down, yeah. down in basically anywhere in, in the South uh, compared to what we have to deal with pretty much for those three to four months here in the Midwest. And I've got a couple, so I was here for a week. I got another week here and I did a little bit of skimboarding. So I'm definitely going to get out there on the beach uh, when it's not a college basketball day. So a little more skimboarding action. We might go to a spring training game this week. Yeah, it's pretty great. I can't complain, James. Love it. Oh, and I finally got to see Nashville too on the way here. Awesome. And what was the consensus? Did you love it? Did you hate it? <laughs> kind of indifferent? Who could ever hate Nashville? I mean, I, maybe if you don't like point. country music, but I mean, I didn't really do anything outrageous. I went to Top Golf and we drove around and sort of took a little mini tour of the city, saw all those country bars and had some amazing, amazing Nashville food. I had uh, Hattie B's. I don't know if you've ever had Hattie B's, James. I don't know if you've had, made it to Nashville not. yet. I, I went down there, uh, I think it was seven or eight summers ago. I think it was summer twenty. 2013 i believe it was oh, wow. um so been a been a hot minute but i i don't recall that place either but um <laughs> a good review i take it on your end oh i absolutely loved it and i know you've been wanting to uh take a trip with me there you've been you always have these james always has these kind of like week before the trip hey let's go to omaha go to the college world series or let's go to nashville this weekend uh i i don't think i can decline any offer to nashville after this trip i had i like to hear it yeah we're gonna <laughs> definitely have to do that again then for sure and spend more than I, I don't know if it was just a night or two that you were there but um make it a long weekend type of thing that would definitely yeah. be fun oh heck yeah i would love that and i would we should just move there at this point we should just move there and set up shop in nashville work out in nashville i'm all for migrating to the south i like that idea <laughs> yeah it's great so there's some really good college basketball going on right now, James. We had just a lot from the past week, and we're going to touch on so many scores, so many stories. We're going to get you guys all caught up on everything that you may have missed over the past week. And I think the best place to start, James, is we are now in conference tournament season. Today's the last day of really the regular season for pretty much everybody in college basketball. We had some scores, some big games. We'll get to those. But we ha already have four tickets punched for the NCAA tournament, James. Love it. Love it. And it's just, uh, it's just the beginning, too, of what's <laughs> going to be a very, very fun and exciting month. Like I said, I, I love this time of year. Um, I think I speak for yourself and many others when I say that in, in the sports world, not even just in the college basketball, although, like you had mentioned, one of my favorites, pretty much, I'd say at the top of my list anyway, but um, I love it. And, and like we talked about, just kind of getting started here with all of that, too. Yes. And I guess the first one I'll give you the first result from the weekend, the winners of the Ohio Valley from that region of it's not too far from Nashville. It's in that Kentucky, Tennessee area. Moorhead State will be returning to the tournament. I'm not sure the last time they were in the tournament, but I do remember they were interesting for a couple of years when they had Kenneth Fareed. They beat Belmont last night, 86-71, rough loss for Belmont. 
Yeah, I'd say so as well. I was going to bring up the Kenneth Fareed too. He's, uh, <laughs> you know, was in the NBA for quite a few years here. Had a pretty, pretty solid tenure, I'd say as well, yeah. while playing in the NBA as well. Um, yeah, interesting. I didn't even know, to be completely honest with you, that Bel- but Belmont is usually the powerhouse in that conference, from my understanding as well. Not exactly sure when Moorhead was um, back in the tournament. I recall like 2011, maybe something yeah. along those lines, when they had a a nice last second win over Louisville. But um, congrats to them. Like you said, I, I believe they're out of uh, the state of Kentucky. But yep. um, definitely fun to see the action too with these, um, I guess, smaller and and not so much. Um, talked about conferences throughout the regular season too to see some of these teams because they definitely are legit and can definitely make some noise anything is possible during this time of year too that's very true and that's a tough loss for belmont we were just talking about how great nashville is and uh belmont was 26 and 3 entering yesterday there's a potential they could get an at-large bid but based on how things are kind of looking right now I don't have a very good feeling for the Ohio Valley to be a two-bid league this year. Usually tough, like you said, especially with the smaller conference teams, albeit, like you said, they had dominated pretty much in conference play um, with a record like that, especially in a very unique year, too. But, um, yeah, you know, hopefully they can somehow find their way to sneak in. I know usually that selection committee likes to – favor it seems those the big boys the the dukes the michigan states who are kind of having those off years as well and i'm sure we'll get into that a little bit later here too but um yeah it would be definitely fun to see a team like that um try to get into and you know uh kind of be one of those last four in type of teams yes and that brings us to our next ticket punched and those are the Loyola Ramblers here in Chicago or they're in Chicago I should say I'm not in Chicago right now they've had a terrific season 24 and 4 they beat Drake today in the Missouri Valley Championship 75-65 Drake I think Drake stands a really good chance though of getting uh, an at-large bid here much better than Belmont I believe with that, yeah, I'm not exactly sure of their um, the net ranking. I know that's kind of the new system that the committee, it looks like, goes through as well. But, um, yeah, hats off to Loyola again. What is this now? Their second time in the last four years as well. Yep. And we all know what happened three years ago, um, especially being from the area as well. It was uh, that Cinderella-type run, too. Very cool to see a local team um do some damage in the tournament and, and the way in which they were winning those games as well was, I think also kind of made that a very, um, almost very tail type ending as well, <laughs> but nonetheless an awesome and very cool run to experience. And yeah, I mean, I, again, I don't think they're a team that you can look past. I don't think many teams are during this time of year. Um, and it's what makes this tournament so uh, wonderful in my opinion. <laughs> well, we've been discussing it over the last few weeks. What would happen for the Missouri Valley to be a two-bid league? You would need this situation to play out. Loyola and Drake, who went one and one in the re- in the regular season, they split in the regular season. They both, I mean, 24 wins for Loyola, 25 wins for Drake. They both had outstanding years. Someone had to lose. They've been on full display. Both teams have been ranked this season. And so what the prevailing notion that I've been hearing is that, well, if they can meet in the conference title game, and then they both will get in. So 
it sounds like Drake's in a good spot, but I mean, you never can be too sure because they always want to try to fit the Dukes and the Michigan States of the world in there yeah. whenever they can. Yeah, it's it's true. It's it, those smaller programs, unfortunately, more often than not, like you said, kind of get the short end of the stick, and um, it's just it's fun seeing them succeed too, just because it kind of is that uh, David versus Goliath, I guess, type mentality too that they pretty much need to play with that chip on their shoulder from start to finish in a season like you had talked about too but um according to even experts like you said like you know if they're playing in that conference title game which in fact happened let's see if they you know abide by that word as well and and do give them a bid yeah and james i'll tell you who for certain is going dancing this year and that is the liberty flames they win the ason now for the third straight year now it was pretty interesting set of circumstances for liberty uh, they clinched their win yesterday, actually, because they beat Stetson and they played uh, Northern Alabama today. Northern Alabama is in their fourth year of transitioning to Division One, so they are not qualified for NCAA tournament postseason play. So, unfortunately for Northern Alabama, it's a it's a weird rule, but uh, it. Today's outcome didn't end up really mattering. Nevertheless, Liberty wins an outright bid. They win their uh, for the third straight time now of the last three years. Last year, granted, there was no tournament. 79-75, Liberty is going dancing. Awesome. Love to hear it, too. And I know they had actually had some success being one of those um, lower-seeded teams, even with the automatic qualifier. I believe it was two years ago when they knocked yeah. off uh, five seed Mississippi state as well. So, yep. um, yeah, we, I mean, we talk about it, these, you know, although it's just kind of, you know, skimming the surface at this point with bringing in some of these, um, smaller teams and punching the bid, basically, um, definitely going to be teams that I'm sure you'll be hearing, um, some crazy upsets that happen and, <laughs> and their names called here in the next couple of weeks as well. Well, Liberty now, this is a pretty wild number. I saw a graphic today as I was watching the ASON championship. Did you know Liberty has the second most wins in Division One basketball over the last three years? Uh, something I did not know uh, whatsoever. <laughs> Those are the types of teams, man, and I'm telling you, it's about that winning culture as well. Um, when you have that in a program, I definitely think it, you know, rubs off on the players and it's something that definitely does carry, it can and does carry over into March as well. So having that type of confidence is definitely huge. Um, you know, and it, it gives them, like we had just talked about that, that confidence to win games and know that they can go up against, you know, the big boys of the, you know, power five conferences. 100% James and our final ticket punch today uh, another team no stranger to the NCAA tournament Winthrop a one loss team this year 23 and 1 they thumped Campbell in the Big South Championship 80 to 53 very cool love to hear that too and I'm pretty sure if I'm not mistaken too they've had you know quite a few um Pretty big time coaches, I think, run through that program as well. If I'm not mistaken, there was Greg Marshall. I know yep. kind of some interesting circumstances that surrounded him as the season yeah. got going this year as well. And if I'm not mistaken, too, I don't know if, if in fact, this one, but Turgeon, I know he at least followed him. Uh, he was the, the Wichita State coach 
uh, for an extended period of time, I think in the early 2000s. I wasn't sure if he was also a Winthrop guy, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, like Could said, be. one last I, don't, I can't uh, confirm or deny. <laughs> With it, yeah, but uh, the, uh, like you said, no stranger to um, playing in March and playing in the big dance as well, too. So um, hats off to them as well. And it's definitely an exciting time uh, being able to see your name pop up on that screen during Selection Sunday next week, too. So um, congratulations to all four conference winners as well. And, um, you know, let the fun begin. That's really <laughs> all I got to segue into. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun over the next couple of weeks here to see how things play out and just I think it's the anticipation more than anything that I I thoroughly enjoy during this conference uh, tournament time. Yeah so over the next two days you're going to see the conference championships probably all these I have to think all these games will be on TV Uh, for the the Sun Belt the Southern the Summit West Coast Northeast and Colonial all of those conference title games will be airing over the next couple of days. So those are some games to watch before you get deep into the bigger conference tournaments. And the A-10 was also, they had a strange uh, situation this week as well. The A-10, they played everything up to the championship round. And then they're coming back in a week for the A-10 championship between the St. Bonaventure Bonnies and uh, and VCU. Awesome, uh, a lot of really solid teams. Like we said, in you know the Atlantic Ten too. I think they're going to be a multiple team bid, maybe four or five teams that sneak in there as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Like you said, kind of a unique circumstance set of circumstances that they're dealing with too. Um, it's one of those years. I think if if uh, something you know that we can all take away within the last twelve months here, it's you know you need to be able to adapt and adjust and change on the fly. Um, and it's not just your team, you individually, it's everyone to, as a collective effort, basically at this point. So um, just kind of rolling with the punches essentially at this point, And it's kind of where we're at currently um, with everyone's living situation, essentially. <laughs> so um, hats off again to both those teams as well. And, you know, um, excited to see where that outcome uh, turns out to be as well. Yeah, and Drake actually advanced through the quarterfinal of the Missouri Valley uh, Conference Tournament on Friday night because Northern Iowa had a COVID issue, and essentially Northern Iowa got eliminated for their COVID situation. Now, granted, Drake, I don't think that they would have... I can't say for certain that they would have handled it in that particular fashion if Drake was the team with the COVID situation, because Drake was head and shoulders a far better team than Northern Iowa was this regular season. However, it, it is interesting, I, and I don't, I don't know. I really hope we don't get more of those situations over the next week or two. Yeah, it would definitely be um, something crummy to see, like you had mentioned. Um, it's just one of those, uh, one of those, you know situations that we unfortunately are kind of dealt with at this point and i know i'm pretty sure i speak for everyone when i say you know i've been extremely blessed to have gotten to see an entire football season even from a college (laughs) football perspective and we got the mlb in and we're getting a college basketball season i can say at that point you know it definitely was an adjustment to not have that march madness last year so 
I'll take anything I can get this year type of thing. <laughs> and hopefully, you know, everyone, you know, abides by these protocols and really does look out, you know, making sure it's going with the, the mantra or the motto. It's not about me type of thing. And it's about the others, you know, around me as well. And hopefully we can get, you know, like you said, not into a situation where any team needs to officially be eliminated for, um, you know, having those positive tests within a program or the contract tracing as well. Yeah, I hope we don't see that. Uh, keeping my hands folded in prayer over these next few weeks, uh, but feeling great about it. I'm so excited that we have a March Madness NCAA tournament coming up. Guys, that's just a little preview of what we have in store next week. So next Sunday evening, on Sunday evening, March 14th, I will have a live stream on Selection Sunday where we will be the first ones to preview the NCAA bracket. James might even be on that panel with me. So hopefully James can get on there with us and we'll take a look and figuring out a little more information over the next couple of days, but I'll be putting it out on social media. But we're going to have a lot of fun on Sunday night. You'll be, we'll be the first ones that can help you with your bracket. I know there are a lot of folks who listen to the show who probably didn't watch uh, Winthrop or Liberty or any of these teams play, but I certainly did. And I would love to pass on a little bit of wisdom. Can't say for certain that it will actually help you win your bracket pool. But guys, don't miss out on that. That'll be Sunday evening time specifically TBD, but it'll be probably around 6 or 7 p.m. Central Time, and that will be on my Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube pages. So Twitter, I'm at Jack Vita Show, Facebook.com slash Jack Vita Show, and YouTube.com slash Jack Vita. Don't miss out. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast if you want to catch the audio feed of it the next day. James, I'm so excited it is March. We have so much going on. Aside from these tickets that are punched, we still had so many just big games, big stories from the past week. Which would you like to start with? What's the story for you coming out of the past week, James? Oh, man, there's there's a lot. I suppose as a, a big Illini fan, we can touch on that <laughs> Illinois yeah. game. And yeah, Illinois let's get weekend. let's start with Illinois. How about that? In general, how about it? You know, they've, um, where that program was even four years ago when Underwood took over with it. And I was talking with a buddy and just like kind of in sheer, just like awe as far as how far they've come to make that type of a turnaround from being essentially a laughing stock within the Big Ten over, you know, the last seven or eight years. Um, and this will be the first time in eight years now that they're going to get their ticket punched in that first time is going to be more than likely a one seed at this point too. Yeah. How about them, you know, battling back and winning three straight games on the road against ranked teams, not to mention knocking off number two, Michigan without <laughs> Io DeSumo as well. They're, they're, you know, star and national serious threat for national player of the year honors. So um, hats off to them. Mass Dio is, uh, you know, another animal for the rest of the country to get to know as well. It's going to be fun. Um, and they, they, you know, went out, took care of business here in what is always just a, a grinded out type of league in the big 10. Um, in watching any of these games, it doesn't matter if you have 
one win to 15 wins on the year. It's always going to be a competitive matchup when you get these teams. No one likes each other, and um, it's what makes it, in my opinion, the most competitive and most well-balanced uh, conference in, in all of college basketball, too. And it's fun year in, year out. Um, yeah, I mean, going off of that, huge picked up a big-time win yesterday against Ohio State, who also is just one of those teams that you could definitely see playing that final weekend and down in Indy this year. Um, they have so many threats that can just, again, you know, um, within this conference that can make it down and make a serious run in March here too. I, I don't know if you want to expand any on that Jack, or if there was anything in particular you wanted to talk about as well, but it's definitely an exciting time. Um, I, again, just being an Illini fan, a huge win these last couple, uh, huge wins, I should say these last couple of, uh, weeks and days and um yeah excited for them to get playing here uh in the tournament as well so for those that missed it illinois they've gone on the road their last three games they've beaten ranked opponents in all three of them so going back to last weekend they beat wisconsin 74 69 on tuesday night it was a jaw-dropping one of the most shocking sports moments from the past year or two i mean definitely this past year of podcasting I can't think of something that I watched a game and was more startled and shocked and just my jaw was on the floor watching it in disbelief Michigan who moved up to number two in the country over the past week Michigan playing at home and you mentioned Desumu out for that game Coburn's in foul trouble and it's Curbelo it's Frazier it's Adam Miller it's uh, that other guy, Vashvili, and they are just sticking it to the number two team in the country. They won in a blowout, and they look great defensively, too, for that matter. They picked Michigan's pockets quite a bit. 76-53, shot the lights out. And I think what that really signified is something that Andrew Stem and I had talked about with Illinois a few weeks ago. Can Illinois win... If Dasumu is limited, if he's shut down, he's not giving him much, is there enough there? There is 100% enough firepower with this team. They get Coburn in there. He's a tank. He's a really difficult post player to stop. Illinois is a threat to win the national championship right now. And for my money, we'll see what the bracket looks like in a week from now. But James, I'm an Indiana guy. I'm not even, I wouldn't consider myself really having an Illinois fandom here. So as someone who's a little bit of an outsider perspective, I will say, James, you are not getting carried away with your optimism. This team is peaking at the right time, clicking on all cylinders. They pick up that other road win yesterday at Ohio State, 73-68. This team's going to be dangerous. I couldn't agree more with you, Jack. And like you had mentioned, um, I think the biggest thing there was just showing that there is a lot more to the team than just IO. And like you had talked about, um, just the question that was surrounding it was, is there enough firepower essentially to this team without him? And I think all doubts were erased over the last, the prior two games and IO had come back yesterday had a phenomenal performance in his first game back as well. But um, just, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of excitement surrounding it too. There hasn't been, and I mean, it, it seriously is their best team that has um, 
been put on down in Champaign since that 0405 team that made yeah. it all the way to the national title game. And quite frankly, like this team very well, I, I truly believe is much deeper than that team. Although the game has certainly evolved over the last 16 years for sure, where the college game is definitely different compared to where it was, you know, 15 years ago, um, heck, even 10 years ago type of thing. But yeah, I, I, I definitely think there is um, a lot of firepower on that team. Um, like you had mentioned, Kofi Coburn, who is a man among boys. Uh, just he, he yeah. has a, you know, a Greek God type physique for <laughs> someone who is 20 years old, I believe, 19 years old type of thing. And um, they definitely do have that inside out game that definitely translates well. And like you had mentioned, peaking at the right time, that's exactly what March is all about here. Um, just to kind of give an update as well, Michigan had actually just been defeated by Michigan State as well, 70-64. to 64. Um, I think that all but seals as well, that that seed or that punch ticket for Michigan State. I know it's kind of been one of those rocky years for Izzo as well, but it looks like the streak is going to continue. I'm not exactly yep. sure how long that is. I know he has been this there. This is for, year I uh, say, 23, I believe, 23 yeah. straight. Yeah something that only the elite of the elite get done. So, you know, <laughs> I'll tip my cap to that as well. I'm still maybe a little bit salty that we're going to give, go ahead and give Michigan the quote unquote regular season um, crown in the big 10, even with, you know, them playing, I believe it was three less games than Illinois. Um, but you know, the rest remains to be seen, I guess, in Indy and we'll let, uh, We'll let that, you know, speak for itself, I guess you can say, and and see where things go. Because, uh, again, it'll be a fun tournament next weekend um, down in Indy for the Big Ten as well to crown a champion. And, hey, you can't even count out your Hoosiers yet. I know it's been <laughs> um, a rocky last couple of years as well. But, you know, anything could happen in March here. And if they get hot at the <laughs> right time, feeding that, you know, Trace Jackson Davis, he's um, a threat and a menace too, as well. It's going to be, you know, a threat even in the coming years here. I think he's only a sophomore. So, um, you know, hopefully they can, you know, start peaking at the right time here, get a couple of wins and, and see what happens. I know Lenardi has, has liked them for a long time. I think they're at 500. I want to say right no, now. They're too, below so. 500. Now they're, I think they're 14 and 16 or they're 12 and 14. Something like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, not good. I, I not mean, good. <laughs> it's, you know, but it's a grind in that conference. I'm sure they can tell you as well. They, they, they were one of the teams that actually beat Iowa two times this year. Go figure yep. as well. So it's, um, it's crazy, man. They beat up on each other. That's when I talk about, you need to bring your a game each and every day because you got to get ready for a dog fight uh, in this conference and conferences like the big 12, man, it is just, they, these, these teams are, these conferences are so deep with so many teams that can beat you in so many different ways. And, um, it's just fun. I don't know. I enjoy seeing the success and the hard work paying off this time of year for so many teams. Um, you know, and, and that's why you talked about the, this, what makes this, this big dance in the tournament. So beautiful. I think just the, you know, the snap of the finger, things can change just like that. So, um, it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the next couple of weeks play out as well. <laughs> for sure. James, Michigan losing, that's pretty interesting now. They've lost two of their last three. I'm not overly concerned about them, but I'll tell you who I am. Ohio State has now lost their last four games ever since that Michigan loss uh, at home two weeks ago. That that started the ball rolling. They're the opposite of Illinois. They're not peaking at the right time. 
Yeah, and I, the reason why I wouldn't be as concerned, I, I agree there is that, that little alarm that I think needs to go off um, for them right now because, like you said, you're reeling backwards. You're kind of backpedaling instead of running forward on that treadmill. Um, but having a, a coach who's been there, done that type of thing, and in Chris Holtman I think is really going to um, – I guess study the ship uh, for lack of a better term here. And I think they're going to start to get this thing figured out here. They're a team. I definitely would not still want to see in March. I think I just say that in general for the big 10, seeing how good these teams are. Um, you know, you're going to have these stretches when you face as many good teams as you do. And it's just the nature of the beast. I think um, it definitely is like you had mentioned cause for concern um, that alarm needs to kind of be ticking and there needs to be a, a fire lit, I think as well for them, but man, oh man, just crazy things can happen. And like we had said, just flip of the switch type of thing. They can reel off another, whatever it is, three or four games, depending on their seed in the big 10 conference tournament as well. Um, they can definitely make a run. And if you can win that man, I think that really gives you the confidence that you need as well as any, any team that wins a conference tournament to running into, you know, March, regardless of the seed that you see and who you got in that first round matchup. But um, I, I definitely know where you're coming from as well. I, I <laughs> sincerely believe it's just the nature of the beast being in this type of a conference though, where you are facing so many good teams night in and night out that it, it's just going to happen where you have these, these really tough stretches, unfortunately, like you said, kind of going in the wrong direction at not necessarily the best time right now. Well, what about Wisconsin? Wisconsin dropped another game today. Iowa won that one at home, 77-73. Wisconsin has now lost five of six and eight of their last 12 games. That's not a good look for especially a team that has that many seniors and age to it. A lot of experience yeah, on that club. Yeah, you know, you you talk about that too, and Guard has definitely been one of those guys ever since taking over for um, Bo Ryan after those back-to-back Final Four appearances. Those are big shoes to fill. Let's just, um, first of all, say that. And I got to really, you know, um, I guess give a round of applause for – what he's been able to do as well in studying that program. Wisconsin's always been that team that is just seems to always be hanging around there in March too. And, and is always a regular in the tournament too. I think um, out of the last six years that he's taken over, I want to say this is going to be the fifth out of sixth year that he's going to, I know we didn't have the tournament last year. They would have been a shoe in um, as well in the fifth out of sixth year that they would be in the tournament as well. So that in, uh, in itself, I think is very, um, very much so something to applaud for them. Like you had mentioned too, Jack, and I think the thing I'm starting to really recognize here in college basketball is you need that, that guy that when things aren't going right, you need that guy that can, you can count on to go and get you four or five buckets in a row and really change the momentum of a certain game. I'm not exactly sure if they have that guy that you just say, go and get me some buckets right now. And let's you know change the change the trajectory of this type of game right now that can change the trajectory of a season but um i know they had mentioned a lot with you know Dimitri trice and um i believe it's brad davidson are the two um most experienced they got micah potter who's kind of a big man as well but i don't necessarily know like we had talked about um that they're a guy they're a team that like you had said has just that that guy that can just go and create for himself 
Um, very much so a team brand type um, yeah. offense that they play there as well. And that's why I think we had talked about with Illinois, you have a guy like Io who is, in my opinion, the best closer that I've seen in college basketball since Kemba Walker. Um, and I think the stats itself back it, back it up. I think it was something today that they said he's the first player in the last 20 years to average, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but 20 average 25 and five rebounds, six assists um, in the last 20 years. So um, the stats, you know, speak for, for themselves when it comes to that. And like we had mentioned with Wisconsin, I just, I think it's much more of a team brand type of, um, uh, again, of an offense that they run there. Um, But, you know, it's just, at times that's tough because, if they are having an off game, that's all it takes here in March to, you know, you send, send your guys home and kind of in a crushing defeat type matter. So, um, right. It'll be, it'll, it'll definitely be interesting to see here. And on the other side of things, I think Michigan state might be starting to build that confidence as well. albeit kind of a tough year <laughs> for them. Um, I, yeah, I, could it, just, this, they could end up being like that year. They were an eight seed made the final four back in 2015. There, there's potential with this team for sure. And when you have a coach like Izzo who has, like we had talked about, been there, done that, it, it definitely makes things a little bit easier because he's, you know, playing that game of, of chess, trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together and figure out where his guys are. Whereas, like you had mentioned with Wisconsin, a very veteran, savvy team, um, a lot of guys that are playing that are juniors and seniors. And Michigan State, it just seemed as though just still trying to feel itself out, what kind of a team they were, who could they go to to get those those late game buckets that they were needing as well. Um, and potentially starting to see that with Aaron Henry, who was an integral part, even as a freshman, when they went to the final four, um, two years ago as well. Um, he seems yeah. to be, you know, kind of hitting his stride at the right time too. Um, and you know, like we talked about, a lot of things can just happen, man. It's, <laughs> it's a crazy time of year. It's what makes this stuff so exciting. And it gets me, it gets me so giddy. Uh, I mean, this is something that I'm so passionate about and it's so fun talking with you guys about this too. Um, just because of, you know, all the different circumstances that can happen here. And it's, you know, I, I do think this year um, you're going to have five or six teams that are, you know, kind of that echelon that is of the elite. I guess you could say that you can really see, like, I don't really know how anyone can beat them. The Baylor's, the, Gonzaga's and I'm I'm very tempted at this point to put my Illini up in that upper echelon as well. Um, yeah, but they belong yeah, there. I mean, it seems it seems as though man, those teams are are have been steady throughout this entire year. Um, but yeah, man, it'll be it'll be fun. It'll be interesting to see where you know these matchups lie, and that's the biggest thing here in March too. It's how does that matchup fare against the other team? Because if you get a tough draw, that's a tough draw. And it's not like, oh, well, we can't go back to the drawing board and see. It's it's who you get type of thing here, too. So <laughs> I know I'm excited to kind of see what that bracket's going to look like here in a week. Absolutely. So, all right, last thing from the Big Ten. And then I promise we're going to move over to these other conferences for our non-Midwest listeners. Purdue comes out on top over Indiana yesterday, 67-58. That is their ninth straight victory over the Hoosiers, which is really embarrassing for a historically awesome basketball program. And the sad part about it is I felt like everyone was pretty confident that Purdue was going to win again yesterday. 
Yeah, it seems as though Purdue was kind of looked at, uh, especially by, you know, my IU friends as well, um, as little brother, but they have taken it to him, like you said, the last couple of years here. Matt Painter's as good as it gets as far as, you yeah. know, like we had talked about with the Izzo being um, that guy that can kind of just steady the ship, right the ship, and they always seem to be um, right there at the end of the year competing for a Big Ten conference title as well as, um, you know, winning a couple of games here and there in March as well. So um, it'll be, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> I, I can sense the frustration, Jack, and I, and I understand it from that perspective. So, you know, hopefully they, they get a chance at them again in the tournament, um, in the conference tournament, and, and see what happens from there. Yes. So elsewhere in the world of college basketball, a couple teams in the Big East. Really, there's only been two teams in the Big East this year that I've really been plugged into, and at least in terms of these two teams, I believe are potentially Sweet 16 type teams out of the Big East, which is very different because last year we were looking at six to eight really good teams in that conference. It was a really good conference last year, but I'm starting to be concerned about Creighton and Villanova. There was a very unfortunate set of set of circumstances, uh, Greg McDermott, uh, really a great head coach at that program who's developed nothing but, I mean, he's had an awesome, repu- really a spotless reputation. Guy who's, you only hear great things about. He said something that was inappropriate over the past week, and we won't go into that, the ins and outs of that. We're here for the basketball and not for the... Uh, the TMZ style gossip and everything going on there. I'm sure you can read about it elsewhere. Greg McDermott suspended indefinitely. He has not coached the last couple of games for Creighton. And they they got beat on Wednesday by Villanova without Greg McDermott. And now this whole situation is very concerning. I mean, Creighton was already a team that was a little up and down this year. Now you start to wonder, what's the situation? It, when is their coach going to be coaching? Is he going to coach again this year? How are the guys on his team feeling? I just feel like this uh, this whole story and the way that everything is playing out, it's just making things... It's adding more pressure and a spotlight to this program that really does not need to be there for them in order to succeed. Yeah, I would, like you said, reiterate, it's definitely never a good thing when you have that um, distraction within a program as well here. And uh, especially at this time of year, like you said, it's just incredibly difficult to, you know, uh, reset, I guess, and have your mind focused solely on the basketball court when you're dealing with internal stuff going on with, like you had mentioned, the situation going on there. Um, Hopefully, you know, they can somehow find a way to put it past them and figure out what's going to be happening. I had seen somewhere that um, Coach McDermott, yes, indeed had his suspension. I'm not exactly sure for the extent of that or like you had mentioned when he's going to be returning. I definitely think um, they need to somehow regroup in that aspect. But like we had mentioned, it's it's a tough situation surrounding them right now and um, certainly not ideal at the moment. Doesn't mean that they can't um, absolutely come away with it. Like you had said, they're they're a good team. They're, they've had their moments and peaks this year that they've been and shown that they've been a very good and a a second weekend type team. Um, 
you know, with their Marcus Zagorowski, I believe it is, um, you know, I thought he was a preseason player of the year for the Big East as well. And he's certainly a guy who can carry them come March as well, um, come this time of year. But yeah, it's uh, it's a difficult situation to have to reset with um, under those types of circumstances. Yeah. And Villanova, who started the season preseason number three, I believe, a team that we were looking at as a championship caliber team, a notch ahead of Creighton this year. They lose Colin Gillespie, their leading scorer. He tore his MCL this past week. He's done for the season, and Nova suffered another embarrassing loss. They had lost a week ago that Butler game. Yesterday, they lost to Providence 54-52. I'm not feeling good about this Villanova team, James. It really feels like the wheels are coming off this thing. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's tough. I, I'm not going to – I can't say that I'm going to count Jay right out who has – what is it now? I, I believe he had two titles in three years. Um, yeah, it's that's just correct. Mr. Con- Mr. Consistent there in Philly. But, um, yeah, it definitely isn't ideal when you use that – you lose that leader who has been there, done that, who has won a national title at that point guard position – has been kind of that that's the important in my opinion one of the most important positions in all of college basketball is that point guard spot and you you go as that point guard goes and he's the one who is truly the floor general of the of the team um like we had mentioned not you know he's the leader of the team being that fourth year guy that senior um that's definitely a huge hit i had saw yesterday too that one of their other solid guards. I think it was Justin Moore had tweaked his ankle too. And I'm just like, man, they can't catch a break at the moment here. And you hope it's, I'm not sure if they came out with anything more on it, but hopefully it's just a minor um, twist on it. I know he was in the boot I saw, but um, yeah, man, these injuries are coming at the worst time. It seems for them right now too. Um, You know, hopefully they can still bounce back from it, but it's, it's going to be an uphill battle. I'll say this year. And I think it's going to be, uh, a little bit more challenging than what Coach Wright had had thought he was going into two weeks back, I'd say. Yeah, it, it has changed uh, very quickly. And by the way, I misspoke. Jeremiah Robinson Earl is actually their leading scorer by 1.2 points. He's averaging just a little more than Colin Gillespie. Colin Gillespie right behind him, though. Uh, tough, tough breaks for Villanova. I mean, Jay Wright's a great coach, uh, but I mean, this is, they're definitely falling out of that one seed territory. And now you're looking at maybe even a four seed. Yeah, um, man, it is, it's tough there too. And like we had mentioned, it's all about that. Um, who are you going to get in said matchup? Cause you got to look at this and you need to somehow compartmentalize it as a one game season because you're not playing tomorrow. If you don't get past today type of uh, mentality as well. So it's, um, it's, you know, certainly something I wouldn't put past, um, you know, Jay Wright and his Villanova teams, as far as being able to be resilient and finding a way to win a couple of games here. But yeah, it's definitely going to be tough for them to, you know, maybe squeak squeak past the sweet 16 type round here when you're losing a um you know your second leading score and that veteran presence i'd say you know on the floor that pretty much from my understanding plays probably 35 to 37 minutes a game as well so um yeah. 
something, you know, something to keep an eye on for sure here in the next uh, week to see by any chance where they're going to be seeded at. We've got some more games to run through from the weekend and stories. Let's jump over to a couple from the SEC. Alabama, roll tide. They're really rolling right now. They win another one where they put up 89 points on Georgia yesterday. 89-79. Bama, 16-2 and this season, James, in, uh, in SEC play. You know what, man? They can shoot the lights out of the ball. They have that uh, formula where it's five guys that can just grip it and rip it type of thing and they <laughs> they they know how to shoot it and you know hats off to uh coach nate oates too i think this is his second year last year was maybe a a game over 500 i want to say but he's no stranger to having success in march by any means either who you know took his a team from a, a small mid-major in the mac uh, buffalo a couple years back and ended up winning games in the tournament in back-to-back years in 2018 and 2019, actually beating the old Buffalo coach there uh, in Bobby <laughs> Hurley over in yeah. was it Bobby over in Arizona State as well, yep. um, getting a win against them and being a 13 seed, knocking off Sean Miller and the Arizona Wildcats in 2018. So certainly no stranger to success. And I think uh, within the next couple of years, I think you're going to see that type of formula as well. Um, start to take present and a lot of copycats um, going around with what he's got going with, you know, and I think it's just the way in which the college game is evolving and being able to find shooters and guys that can shoot. And like you said, putting up 89 or I don't even know what they're averaging. I see a lot of their games. I think they hit over the hundred point mark in two times this year, which yeah. is kind of crazy in, in college basketball. <laughs> so, um, and especially in a conference as big as the sec as well, where you're getting good teams night in and night out as well. Um, another team Vita I wanted to touch base on as well and kind of a feel good story there is the Arkansas Razorbacks I yes. think they have oh, won oh James I'm so glad you brought up Arkansas I, I, let's, I we'll go I, to them in a second one more thing on Alabama oh go for it I want to see I know the committee is listening to this please please set up the tournament so we can see a sweet 16 Alabama Iowa game where both teams put up 100 wouldn't you love to see that? Wouldn't that be really fun? I didn't even think about that matchup too, Jack, but that is um, <laughs> one that I think everyone, and I mean everyone, can get behind, where we're going to be looking at a, an 80 to 85 you know, point scoring performance on both ends type of thing. And that would <laughs> most certainly be a fun one. I don't think defense is necessarily the specialty on either of those sides, but man, can they light up the scoreboard and can both of those teams light up the scoreboard in bunches and quickly? That would be, that would be one that I think we can all get behind. And I, I certainly hope that they take note to something like that too, because that would be one fun matchup to be watching on, you know, a Friday night for a chance to go be playing a game away from the final four. (laughs) Man. And you brought up Arkansas, and I really wish we had a little more time to go deeper on Arkansas because they were one of the ones, when I was making my note sheet yesterday, I'm like, I really want to talk about Arkansas today. So we'll talk Arkansas here for a few minutes. But Arkansas, under Eric Musselman, and you talk about what Nate Oates has done at Alabama, Musselman comes over from Nevada, and Nevada had been one of the very best mid-major if you want to call him a mid-major you could call him whatever you want to call him 
They're a team that had had success in the tournament and received at-large bids for being a competitive team out of the uh, Mountain West. He comes over to Arkansas, and I know there are a lot of people when anytime a coach makes that leap, it's it's a significant leap to go to a Power Five or whatever you want to call it in the sport of college basketball, but to make that leap. And this is year two with Arkansas. Arkansas wins again yesterday, 87-80 over Texas A&M. Arkansas has now won their last 11 SEC games, including beating Alabama by 15 uh, not too long ago. They have the star player that you look at for the tournament. They have Moses Moody, who's going to be a lottery pick in the draft. They have a great coach. They've been a really they've been clicking on all cylinders at the right time. For me personally, James, I'm buying more stock into Arkansas than Alabama come tournament time. And I like both these teams, but the thing with Alabama that concerns me is the fact that, hey, you know, some nights maybe that three point shot isn't there. And in in the NBA, you can afford to have those nights where the shot isn't there. But in college basketball, you can't. You need to be on every single night. Arkansas I believe Arkansas is the best story in college basketball this year that nobody's talking about. I really haven't heard a whole lot about the Razorbacks. Oh, man. Jack, I I couldn't agree more. I forget the nickname (laughs) that they give for Bud Walton Arena. Um, They say it's one of the coolest and most fun college atmospheres. I know due to certain circumstances here in, in COVID, but it's like, Something with, uh, I, I don't know, the castle in the Midwest. Some, I don't even know what it's called, to be honest <laughs> with you. But they've, they've mentioned something about that place being one of the, the most loud and rocking type, you know, Saturday night, you know, must-see TV type of atmospheres in games there. And it, it like you had mentioned, it's one of those really good feel-good stories that no one is giving, it, it seems, any sort of national attention to. And I think it's just because it's it's Arkansas. It's not that big you know, quote unquote, sexy team that has been there, done that type of thing. And they have back in the nineties, they were a powerhouse under Nolan Richardson and have a national title under the, you know, within the program as well. I want to yeah, go 1994. Back they won national championship. And that year they also won 11 straight sec games, which is what they've done I this mean, year. Hey, you know what? <laughs> I'm, crazier things have happened, Jack, and you know the college basketball guys might be giving us some mixed messages here with, with <laughs> something like that too. I um, wanted to go back real quick and as far as what you were talking about with Nevada as well. Um, they played some good competition there in the Mountain West. That's a very good basketball conference yeah. as well. So I, I I don't like as much when they do call it the you know the slouch like you said or like a kind of that mid major because those are some very good basketball teams that are played there in that conference as well. But um, like you had mentioned, I, I was talking to a buddy actually um, today here as well, who's a big LSU fan, and he had mentioned he would rather, as well, like you had said, face Alabama in the conference tournament than he would Arkansas. Right now, I don't think yeah. anyone wants uh, wants a piece of that that pie at this moment <laughs> here. Moses Moody, one of those guys that just lights up the stat sheet quietly each and every game, is going to average that fourteen to eighteen a night, but knows how to how to shoot it man and that's the type of stuff that's going to translate not to mention the um i know this might be a little bit of a shot at you jack but the <laughs> iu 
transfer who's also from the area here. Uh, Justin Smith is from Stevenson High School over there in Buffalo yep. Grove. Um, was a standout, was a top 100 guy coming out of 2017 there. Um, has been a, you know, one of those guys underappreciated, but I think we continue to use that term with this program and with this team this year in particular. Um, I want to say that they are one and three without him and they have four losses altogether and 20 wins this year. So I think that speaks for itself as far as when he's in the lineup versus when he's out of the lineup, that alone, you know, I don't think anything else more needs to be said as far as what he needs for that team. Um, And I think it's just a matter of that team is, is gelled and that chemistry is through the roof right now. And they're certainly playing, you know, well over the last month to two months here being on that 11 game win streak. So um, they're going to be one of those teams, man, that like you had mentioned, no one's talking about it, but let them not talk. And I think the whole world is going to be kind of caught by surprise when they start seeing that, you know, uh, Arkansas is one of those teams that's making a run there at that sweet 16 elite eight type type run and, and very well could be playing on that final weekend as well. in that final Monday night. Yes. And after the game last night, Eric Musselman said to the press, we're probably going to be a top 10 team going into the week. So by the time people are listening to this, the polls will probably come out. Arkansas is certainly a top 10 team considering Ohio State lost, uh, Florida State lost, Villanova lost. I mean, Florida State was 11, but they were in front of Arkansas. And so I think Arkansas is going to be a top 10 team by the time people are listening to this. And uh, fun little anecdote here. I actually tweeted yesterday. I did not expect this tweet at all to get any traction, but I tweeted... Eric Musselman's 20 and five Arkansas Razorbacks have been one of the best stories of the 2020 to 21 college basketball season. Eric Musselman liked my tweet, James. Uh, And at the time there were only like three or four people that had liked the tweet and Musselman, I didn't tag him in it. He doesn't follow me. So it must've popped up after he liked it. Now we're looking at a tweet with 968 likes and 57 retweets. That so not awesome. too shabby. I, I saw <laughs> that too, and I was able to like it. And at that time, like you said, it was. I think you were at 123 likes. So I, I that thing definitely <laughs> popped off as far as getting a, a media engagement behind it too. But it, it's true; it's valid. He's a he's a likable guy. It, that's why these feel good stories are. He's he's a guy that has. If you look at his basketball journey too, he's been anything from an assistant basketball coach to. Um, you know, being in, in the NBA, he was an NBA head coach for a couple of years for the Sacramento Kings and someone somewhere, I don't remember where it was, but they said that he never has been too big for any job. And I think that is a very humbling message to that. Not only we can take away from it in the, in the basketball world, in the, in the, you know, job world. And just in, in real life in general, is something that you can, that you can take away that there are experiences that you can use years after um, from just about any position and anything that you do in life. And I really truly believe that he has embraced that. And I, I really do believe that that is why they are as successful as they are this year. And like you said, I mean, I get excited even talking about it too, because it really <laughs> is just one of those stories that it's like, you see him in the media too. He's always interacting with people want to talk to the guy. He's got a, he's got an energy and, um, you know, a, an aura about him that is just exudes 
positivity and and it rubs off on the people around him and it rubs off on his players and I really do believe that's why you're seeing what you've been seeing from them over this 11 game stretch I mean I don't think it's by accident that Arkansas all of a sudden is going to be bad I think when he took over that job there was a lot of um, excitement and there was a lot to be excited about in Fayetteville um, when he came to town just looking at his overall track record as well so um Awesome to hear and very cool to hear that he actually had liked that tweet because I saw it as well. <laughs> Everyone who doesn't believe Jack on this, this is a very valid statement because I do remember him tweeting this out and not having any sort of tag. So awesome. <laughs> Hopefully you can get must on, the must bus on this podcast here one of these times too, Jack. Oh, would love that. And we picked up some followers last night, a lot of uh, hog fans. So shout out to Razorback Nation and everyone listening. Woo pig suey. <laughs> Hope you guys are enjoying this show. And if any of you can help me get Moss on the show this offseason, hey, hook us up. That'd be awesome. We'd love that. Okay, we only have a few more minutes here. We got just a few more things to run through here, but we will do our best not to miss anything. In the American, we had a really good game today. Houston won on Tremont Monk's buzzer beater. They heaved the ball up the court. It was right after Memphis tied the game with a three. Uh, 67-64, Houston gets the win on Tremont Monk's buzzer beater. Heave into the backcourt. Bank on the three-pointer. Did you see that shot, James? I got a chance to see it on the highlight, yeah. And uh, only thing I can say is this is March. As, as, <laughs> sure as our, good, like our good friend John Rothstein would would say but yeah man <laughs> exciting time you love it and I forget who the announcer was but the call was just spot on and beautiful his excitement behind that half court heave as well man it just it, it doesn't get any better than that I'm just telling you and that is <laughs> like you said one of those exciting games and it's just like it's just an appetizer for what's to come. Yeah, Memphis now has an uphill battle to get into the tournament. Had they won that game at Houston, they would be, I would say they'd be a lock to get in as an at-large. Now the road is, they're probably going to have to win or at the very least make a pretty significant run here in the American Athletic Conference tournament this week. Yeah, uh, like you said, it's been one of those teams uh, since Penny has taken over, over the, you know, over there in Memphis. Um, gotten a lot of big time recruits here, and you know, hopefully they get a chance to sneak in here. I know it's it's a limited, you know, you're only going to have 68 of them that can get in here too. But um, like you said, if they're playing basketball at the, you know, playing good basketball at the right time, um, let's see what happens, type of thing. You know, maybe the committee will see that and hopefully they can reel off a couple of wins like you had mentioned in the American Conference and um, see what happens. You know, let let the dominoes fall where they may. Shout out to the Wichita State Shockers for winning the American outright in this regular season here. Uh, I don't think anyone was expecting that. They started slow, but they've been playing some really good basketball lately. We should see them come March, and uh, especially with everything that happened with Greg Marshall Big for them. Another outright conference champ, the Baylor Bears winning the Big 12 for the first time ever following their overtime thriller over West Virginia, 94-89. Heck of a game, heck of a season, heck of a two years for the Baylor Bears. I think you summed it up pretty well by saying that, Vita. Um, It just seemed to carry over (laughs) last year, and I think they were the surprise team of 2019. And um, 
Scott Drew has quietly put together an incredible resume uh, over the last 10 years, I would say, too. Um, his Baylor teams always seem to be playing in that Sweet 16, that second weekend, the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight. Never yep. have really been able to get over that hump yet, but they're with regularity a top eight seed, it seems, in in March as well when it comes to the tournament time, too. And this year, obviously no difference. I mean, I think Gonzaga and Baylor are, you know, the the premier of this year's teams. And it's just a model of consistency, I think. It's one of those veteran-savvy teams that we talked about. And, you know, you're lucky if you can get one player that's your go-to guy. And I'm pretty sure that team has about four or five of them that, like, game on the line, down one, you need a bucket. I think Scott Drew has confidence in about five guys on the floor at once to take and make that, that final shot that they need pretty much. So, um, yeah, man, it's, it's been uh, fun to see, I guess, as an Illini fan, them smoking us earlier this year wasn't necessarily fun because <laughs> they are very much so a complete team and a team you're going to be, um, I, I, I genuinely think, uh, playing on that Monday night game um, in April. Yeah, and after last week, we talked about they did drop that game to Kansas. Well, they, they bounced back from it wonderfully. They got that loss out of their system. They beat Oklahoma State this past week, 81-70. And uh, this afternoon, beat Texas Tech Red Raiders at home, 88-73. So they pick up three in a row. Oklahoma State may have dropped that game, but they're playing some really good basketball, too. Big 12 is is a, a gauntlet of a conference, is a gauntlet of a schedule. But Oklahoma State, with their win over West Virginia yesterday, 85-80, Oklahoma State's won six of their last seven, and they won that game, too, without Cade Cunningham, who's going to probably be the number one pick in the NBA draft. You got that right. Like you said, playing some very good basketball, too, right now, um, even without him as well. And obviously, when you have a consensus number one overall pick, um, playing on your team, you got to like your chances as well. Um, it's certainly that guy that can go and get you that bucket that you need, you know, late in the game. Um, they really have been playing well as of, as of recently too. And again, kind of one of those teams that's just quietly sneaking up on people and, um, you know, not getting the, the national recognition. I think that they necessarily deserve, but um, nonetheless, like you said, in line to probably get a top six seed, um, come next weekend as well, and, and a team that can certainly make some noise and I think be that second weekend type team as well. Oh, 100% they can. All right, we got two more things here. ACC scores from the weekend. Uh, at least the North Carolina did thump Duke. Uh, not that it really mattered this year. Uh, Duke's done. Is North Carolina in, James? I think hands down, yeah, that that win definitely sealed the deal. I think even prior to that, they had uh, given themselves a chance at a lock, essentially. Um, probably going to be somewhere in that 8-9 type matchup as well when you you may have like a Baylor yeah. or a Gonzaga lurking, not necessarily ideal by any means. But off-seasons happen, you know, off-years do happen. And I think, again, he's Roy is dealing with one of those, those teams um, on his end as well. Um, similar to Izzo, where he's trying to figure out, you know, that mix of uh, of talent essentially, and and who's the guy that's going to go get you that bucket as well. But um, you know, certainly no slouch when it comes to winning titles. Has three at North Carolina. I'm not sure if he had any at Kansas at his previous stop, but I I think Jack, you can you can pretty much guarantee that they're going to be um, 
you know, hearing their name called Selection Sunday next week. Yeah, I think so too. Virginia picked up a win over Louisville, 68-58. Notre Dame uh, gave Florida State a pretty surprising loss for that matter as well, 83-73 on Saturday. There's not one ACC team that I have any confidence in going into this tournament next week. You know, it's going to be tough. Yeah, we're coming off again. Coach Tony Bennett and the Cavaliers got another regular season conference title under their belts as well. Like you said, I, it doesn't seem as though there's anyone with that, that firepower that's going to be, um, you know, really, I guess, under the radar type team. Um, if there was anyone, I would yeah. put my money this year on uh, Coach Leonard Hamilton's team. Florida State quietly always puts together very, like 20 win seasons. And it seems as though that's been the case the last five years here with his guys. Um, yep. I, that would be one of the teams that I would ever since Valpo bounced them from the NIT from the NIT in 2016. In 2016. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. Valpo was, killed them. Yeah. And, um, Oh, those were the Alec Peter days. Uh, shout out Alec Peters. Yep. And, um, yeah, man, he's, he's really starting to hit his stride. I think over the last couple of years, it's crazy too, because he had been at Florida state for quite some time. I think he was there already 10 years before he actually had even a tournament win. Um, or so wow. I think it was maybe uh, back in 2011 when they had gotten to the Sweet 16. But prior to these last five years, really nothing to really write home about. But he plays his his teams play hard. They play defense. Um, that's certainly something you know that will always be there come March as well. Too, you're always going to need to make those defensive stops as well. It's just a matter of you know is he going to have Scotty Barnes there to um, light up a scoreboard one night? Is MJ Walker going to be there to? Uh, give you a 15 and give you some late game buckets as well. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Like you said, though, I think uh, when it comes down to it and when it boils down to it, I don't know if there's going to be anyone there that's going to be um, making that, that long run this year. But um, like we had talked about, anything can happen this time of year. Yeah. Any given Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Monday, because we have a weird, <laughs> we have a weird day. Definitely this year. an interesting one this year. Yeah, it'll be. <laughs> It'll be fun, man. I'm just so excited to get that rocking and rolling. This week's going to be awesome with the anticipation of the conference tournaments, too. So a lot of fun coming up here. Last one, uh, really fun game Saturday afternoon. USC winning on a three-pointer in the corner from Tajiati. Uh, really an awesome win for USC at UCLA. They really needed to bounce back because they had been sliding over the last couple of weeks, going back to that Arizona loss two weeks ago and some of the following losses that they had. Having a USC-UCLA game that means a lot for both teams. Uh, These are two teams that have been towards the top of the Pac-12 this season. Now, Oregon does have a chance to clinch an outright bid tonight if they beat Oregon State, which I think they will. But USC-UCLA was a lot of fun yesterday, James. Yeah, and like you had talked about too, Jack, it's uh, an underrated rivalry, I think, especially this year with both teams, I think, playing top 25 ball, if I'm not mistaken, or... If not, very much. Yeah, so they, they weren't. I don't know if UCLA was ever ranked, but uh, USC was. They were top 20. UCLA may have been earlier this year. but Right on the they're, Yeah, they're, they're borderline teams that get votes every single week. Oh, so, yeah. yes. And they're going to be both playing uh, next weekend. They're going to be hearing their names called, too. So I don't think that's uh, of any concern on either side there, too. But it was fun, like you said, to finally have that underrated rivalry. Um, 
provide some excitement as well for just even in the average fan as well. I, I know the Pac-12, I don't think, gets as much um, notoriety, I guess you could say, um, as many obviously having, uh, you know, uh, Bill Walton and Dave Pash on those Thursday night <laughs> games are are a treat and, and an adventure to say the least. But um, no, yeah, it was an awesome game. I'm dealing with another one of those um, going to be top five type picks and Evan Mobley there in USC who has um, played awesome this year too. And Andy Enfield finally has that team, I think, rocking and rolling at the right time as well. So it'll be, um, it'll be fun, man. It'll be fun. The Pac-12 tournament is always a blast too. Um, Pac-12 after dark, man. Shout out Bill Walton, Dave Pash, though, and uh, <laughs> yeah, man, it's um, it'll it'll be fun. I'm I'm just so excited to to see where what's going to be happening here these next couple of weeks. Um, and I think I speak for a lot of people um, when they say that <laughs> yes, as well. Yes, you do. James, what are you watching for moving into this final week before Selection Sunday? What do you keep an eye on? Oh gosh, man! From a team's perspective, Jack, are we talking? And players, what do we want here? I, I, I'm Anything, just, really? What are you, What are you looking for this week? I'm hoping for excitement. I'm hoping for buzzer beaters. I'm hoping, you know, for <laughs> the heart rate to be jumping through my chest, type of thing. And it, it'll be a fun week. It'll be exciting for many, many teams. And um, I just can't wait to get the show on the road here. I I know a lot of the bigger games are going to, or the bigger conferences, I guess we should say are going to be starting roughly Tuesday or Wednesday of this upcoming week here too. So um, super excited, man. Um, interested to see how the committee views a lot of these teams too in a, in an uncertain type year. So happy Jack that we actually have, you know, our March madness back here. It was, you know, it seems as though something had left my soul last March when we weren't able to get that. And I think I can <laughs> right. speak for a lot yeah. of people when we say that, because it is fun even for the average fan, but being a super fan of it, um, it definitely was big time missed last year. So um, very much so, just excited to get this thing back, man, and and ready for um, ready for March and the excitement of the March Madness. Yeah, I've I echo all of your thoughts, James. I'm so excited for everything coming up. It'll be a lot of fun, and we're gonna need to have you back on here. So maybe we'll see you next week for the live stream. If we don't, uh, we've got. I mean, five rounds of the NCAA tournament for me to recap. So I'm um, hopefully I'll have you joining me for one of those. Yeah, I'm hopeful too to find something here. I'm sure you and I will catch up later on this week here, and we'll figure out something that'll that'll make sure that we work <laughs> it out. Good stuff. Great job on the show today, James. You really brought it. it. Was a lot of fun having you here. Look forward to doing it again. Anything else you'd like to add while you're here? Would you like to plug anything, your social media handles, anything of that nature? No, man. I don't even know what my, my handles are, to be completely honest with you. I appreciate <laughs> the uh, the help with that, though, Jack, and the, the hype up for that. But, um, no, thank you again for having me, man. Like I said, I'm super passionate about collegiate sports in general, uh, especially college basketball. And, um, yeah, just echoing again. Like we had talked about, really just really looking forward to having this tournament back and um, so, so excited to, to see how things play out here in the next couple of weeks. Well, thank you for coming by, James. Always a treat. God bless you, brother. God bless you too, Jack. Thanks again, my man. I appreciate it. Well, folks, that does it for my conversation with James Ivkovic. Uh, a lot of fun having him here on the show, as always. Great time talking college hoops. 
We have so much coming up over the next week and several weeks, really this month for that matter. So make sure you guys all hit subscribe on the Jack Vita Show, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Leave a five-star review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. That'll do us a lot of good. Share this show with your friends. If you know people who are into college basketball or maybe they want to learn a little more about these teams before they make their brackets, tell them to subscribe. Send this their way. Uh, We'd love to get this audience growing and this is really an opportune time with a lot of the content that we have coming out coming out later this week wednesday or thursday i will be dropping the american league east preview that i recorded with jonathan jaggard you won't want to miss that and then sunday our selection sunday live stream again on my social media accounts you can go to facebook.com slash jack vita show my Twitter is at Jack Vita Show and YouTube.com slash Jack Vita. It's going to be a lot of fun. I don't want you guys to miss out. That should be around 6 or 7 p.m. Central Time on Selection Sunday, March 14th. Uh, more information on my social media handles. I will update you over the week, so make sure you don't miss out on any of that. And then you can catch that episode in your podcast feed the following day. So much to get into, so little time. From now, I will sign off. Take care, guys. Have a great week. God bless. And until our next show, I'm Jack Vita. Bring in the dancing lobsters. <laughs>